0: And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose. PNR with this old marketing. Take it away, boys.
1: Hello my friends, this is Robert Rose and welcome to episode number 240, of PNR's This Old Marketing, Recorded on July 9th, 2020 and with me my good friend my colleague and the only guy to get a better deal than Patrick Mahomes Mr. Julio Pulitzi. how are you my friend that was some deal and i saw yeah. actually
0: that that there were a few prognosticators that said that that was cheap when did 50 million dollars yeah. a year become cheap or a bargain but wow good
1: good for him i don't good think it was everyone. that much was it i mean it was i mean it was 10 years which is 10 years 500 unheard of. 500 million Oh, I thought it was four hundred million. I'm sorry. I, I'm, well, forty, my, I forty am, uh, or on fifty million news.
0: dollars a year. It's something like that.
1: But yeah. <laughs> suddenly, we're going to be talking about real money at some point. Yeah. yeah. I saw. I saw yeah, ten years at five
0: hundred and three million or something like that. So,
1: probably with bonuses and all of that stuff. And they did a, I, from what I understand, they did a really interesting thing, which was to make it a percentage of the salary cap.
0: Oh. So he just knows he gets, what is it? What's he getting? 20% of the seller cap then?
1: Something like that. Yeah. I, I think that's the way they structured it. So that they basically, you know, they, they just pay. And so, which is a good deal because they can pay him a lot up front and basically average it out. And, you know, and they have him locked up for, <laughs> I mean, what is ostensibly his entire career. I mean, he's going to, he'll, he'll spend his whole career there.
0: Well, it's it'll be interesting. He's gonna have a tough year because week one he'll be throwing to one receiver. Then that, that receiver's gotta go on two week <laughs> quarantine. Then he's gonna throw to another <laughs> yeah. receiver. This going to get crazy.
1: So Yeah, it's gonna get a little They nutty, just need to put I a think.
0: bubble around Mahomes so he's protected while everybody else goes crazy. But yeah, I digress.
1: Do you think there's gonna be football?
0: Well, they're certainly gonna try. Uh I, mean, <laughs> I <laughs> look it. Um I mean, baseball starting soon, and you know how big of a baseball nut I am. I want to see it happen. Right. The in Cleveland Indians, which may not be the Cleveland Indians after the next couple of weeks, actually have That's a chance right. because they have a good starting pitching staff, and there's only 60 games. So who knows? That's a short season in baseball. Right. They could absolutely take it. I don't care if it's a short season or not. I'll take a championship for baseball. You know, I haven't had one since 1948. But... We, we know how people get reactive. So as soon as you get a small cluster, which is going to happen, right? We know, it, we know that some team, some group of players are going to get it, and then we'll know after that. Are they just going to say, okay, those people are out because then they've already been around the other people, so what do you do? Is that team out for a week? It's, it's really going to get nutty. I mean it's gonna be like a yeah. soap opera. And I think the same thing will happen with football, which is more of an issue just because it's more of a contact sport, I think. So well, what do you think? Right. I don't and know. I
1: think you're gonna have I you know, I, I think I think you're exactly right. I think they're going to try. I think they're I think they're going to try. I mean, you've seen the NFL make changes such as, you know, you're gonna have extra players be available on the practice squad and and you know you can activate more players and all of that which will you know and they're going to shorten the season probably um certainly will eliminate preseason and you know they may play to empty stadiums you know they may play to you know or half filled stadiums or n- nobody you know so which will be interesting as well but i i think they're going to try and You know, I mean, look, the sports fan in me is happy they're going to try, um, you know, regardless of of everything else. You know, so we'll see. I think we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think isn't first up basketball?
1: Isn't that the? Yeah, that's starting soon. That's starting really soon. Um, In fact, I think the I thought I saw that the Lakers here were traveling to Orlando this week, I think, to play.
0: And well, yeah, they're doing all of everyone's in Orlando, correct? All the teams at one. So there's sort of keep them into it. You know, basically put them all in one bubble and, and see what happens. Send
1: them all to Florida, (laughs) which is probably not the
0: best place for them all to go right now. Is this not a chemistry (laughs) experiment? It's just like, let's take take the, some of the richest and the most athletic people in the world and their families. Let's shove them (laughs) into the danger zone Uh, and let's see what happens. Um, you know, who am I to say? It's we <laughs> we were talking before the show. We're into this for the long haul. For those of you yeah. international listeners, uh, God bless you. I'm sure things are going much better than how they're yeah, how they're exactly. going here in the United States. We're hanging on here as we go figuring out. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what my kids are going to do for school in the fall. That's the that's yeah. the big oh. that's the daily conversation right now between <clears throat> me and all my friends. Is because we we all have high school and college age kids, and to figure out. I mean, the latest thing was it's you know no cafeteria. It's just going to be grab and go, and then I also heard there's there's going you you can be on campus, but you won't be going to most classes. So I don't really know how that works. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, then, no. and then some of them you are going to go to a class, but the teacher is going to beam their presentation in so they're live but they're not going to be there but when then what's uh, you know
1: wow that's it yeah
0: yeah what are you gonna do
1: it's all it's it, it we're all feeling this out as best we can i suppose
0: uh are we are people doing no, <laughs> no are, we're not there's some people <laughs> that really not doing no, the best no, they mean, can. Let's just put there. That, out that there. is true.
1: <laughs> that is absolutely true. There are people out there that are not doing the best they can. Absolutely. Wear a mask, people. Oh jeez. Uh,
0: is it that yeah. isn't that difficult? So
1: it's just not I got my Mandalorian mask. I'm really excited about <gasps> You did. About. Not. To be. By the way, I did. Are they
0: I mean, I know there's been a lot of hold ups in production, but I definitely want to see a season 2 of The
1: Mandalorian. I mean, I'm. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it was wonderful. Yeah, my Mandalorian mask came in the mail this week. Um, I almost had to go to the grocery store just to just to wear it. So yeah, it's it's cool. Well,
0: speaking uh, (laughs) and I'm a geek. Well, speaking of Disney Plus, (laughs) did did you have your Hamilton watch party like
1: we did? No, I did not. not I'm sure shock you. You're not a huge Hamilton fan. I know that. Uh, I'm not, but uh, I will watch it. I will watch it. I'm super psyched that it's actually on um, and we'll we'll watch it at some point. They
0: did a great job with the production because they filmed it uh, three separate times during the same week, two to live audiences and one where they could get super close ups. It's the production value is fantastic. I, I can't oh, wait. It's I
1: really want to see it.
0: Yeah, so good. And of course, we love David Diggs in this house, and David is um, Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. So what? You know, you don't care. You don't. You don't watch any of this I, stuff. Yeah. You just
1: Alexander Hamilton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, here is what's scary: is we've been doing this podcast so long. That was 2016. We were already four years into the podcast. By the time you started doing the Hamilton jokes, yeah, I have to go back and do so because I, was, of course, if you go back exactly four years ago, <laughs> to this day, four years ago, my family and I were in New York to see Lin Manuel Miranda's last time on stage. That's amazing.
1: Four years, four ago, years that ago was? today,
0: and it was this. It was the eighth and ninth. We were there. I think we went on the eighth or the ninth. We were there the day that Bill and Hillary Clinton. We're also there at the show, so we got in late, and there was all kinds of extra security. But um, he only, he was done. I think the thirteenth or fourteenth or something was his last time on stage. So we were able to see one of his last performances, which I'm so glad. That's we amazing. Did that. But it's just weird. Yeah, four years ago, different time. Now you got Broadway shut down, and I'm yeah. just so happy we we did that with the boys. You would have hated it, but we loved it. I, yeah, well... we loved
1: it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Do we have have any any news? uh, We did, actually. It was actually a fairly full news week, despite the holiday week. um, It was actually a pretty full news week, and I think we're going to sense a theme here as we go through um, the news stories that we've picked to talk about. Um, We'll start with our top of the show story, which is a story that actually sets the theme, and we're going to pair a couple of articles together here um, because one is sort of just pure entertainment and opinion and the other is sort of the news about what's going on. Um, And I'll start just by setting the tone with the news um, and then we can certainly go into the article that's a little more entertaining here, which is of course Facebook and our friend Mark Zuckerberg um, is facing, uh, you know, let's call it a current or a torrent Um, of uh, bad press and certainly bad news of late. Um, The New York Times article that we will link to, of course, starts by saying Facebook fails to appease organizers of ad boycott. (laughs) One of the other headlines that I loved was, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg had his first uh, meeting with uh, with uh, uh, civil rights groups and, and then a period it did not go well. <laughs> you know, it's, And that's basically the too long didn't read of this, because when it opens up and says Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg, Facebook's two top executives met with civil rights groups on Tuesday, that's Tuesday of this week in an attempt to mollify them over how the social network treats hate speech on its site. Uh, but Mr. Zuckerberg, Facebook's chief executive, and Ms. Sandberg, the chief operating officer, failed to win its critics over for more than an hour over Zoom, the duo, along with other Facebook executives. Now, why didn't they use the Facebook technology there anyway? <laughs> we'll go yeah. um, With representatives from the Anti-Defamation League, the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People, uh, Color of Change, and other groups, those organizations have recently helped push hundreds of companies such as Unilever uh, and Best Buy to pause their advertising on Facebook to protest its handling of toxic speech and misinformation, and the article goes on to detail um, all of that. There's been quite the boycott um, from advertisers, and Zuckerberg has famously said, yeah, we can wait this out. And then the second article that we'll point to, and then I would love to get your take, Mr. Polizzi, is from our friend, um, the ad contrarian. Um, who is basically, he's supposed to be on vacation. Um, But as he says in the beginning of this post, uh, which is entitled Zuckerberg Must Go, he says this week was just too delicious to sit out. Um, And it opens up by saying he cannot not lie this week in light of snowballing advertiser boycott Mark Zuckerberg blinked. He promised some ill-defined reforms to Facebook's idiotic, dangerous publishing policies. We don't know exactly what changes Facebook will implement, but we do know one thing. They'll be minimal. Facebook has done serious, perhaps irreparable damage to world ethics and stability. Here at Blog Weasel Central, (laughs) we've been calling for advertisers to get off their asses and stop Facebook freight train of sleaze for years. And it goes on from there to, yeah, let's just say... Um, take uh, Mr. Zuckerberg to task. Uh, what do you think about this? What do you think about all this stuff that's going on with Mr. Zuckerberg, Mr. Polizzi?
0: Well, I look, I'm all for change, uh, and I'm all for positive change. <laughs> but honestly, what I a, think...
1: What a way to open well, that. What a, that. A hell of a
0: way to open I'm, that. I'm sorry. I'm I all mean, for at, change. I, Good for you. This, <laughs> I'm generally an optimist. In this In this case, I'm a realist, and I believe absolutely nothing is going to happen from this, especially when you have advertisers out there saying they're going to pause. I said, "Oh, so great! You're gonna you're gonna be out for the month of July or whatever it is, and you're gonna come right back on the platform." Even the 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 article in the New York Times talks about how you okay the the companies that have paused their advertising, they're still posting on their un, you know unpaid content, they're still using the platform. So they, I mean, I'm just trying to look at, the, I'd love to get your take on this. I'm trying to look at the big picture. Facebook is a $700 billion market cap company, a uh, highly influential. They, um, why why would they need to do anything? Especially, so so let's just take the news. They've been all over negative on the news the last couple of weeks. You know how it's hurt their uh, stock price. Their stock price has gone from two hundred forty-seven to two hundred forty-two, which is right. basically a percent. So, yeah. so how is this how is this in any way going to hurt Facebook? The only thing that I think could happen, I mean, I guess if if you believe that change is necessary, uh, you've got to hit them hard in the pocketbook. You've, I'd, I'd like, you know, the, the ad contrarian talked about this. Should the four A's and the ANA and the other advertising groups get up and, and come out strong against Facebook? They're not. You know why? Because Facebook supports them, sends a lot of money to those organizations. Now, of course, you can think what you want about that, but it's true. So, in the, if if the estimates are true of what you're looking at about the Coca-Colas of the world and the Diage... Or, is it Diageo uh, that pulled yeah. out? Yep. Is not among others. Yeah, among yeah. others, it looks like it won't account for more than a percent or 2% of their revenue. It's not going to do, it doesn't do anything. So in order for this kind of cha- major change to happen on this platform, again, if you believe change needs to be made, you, ha- you have to have at least 15 to 20% of their advertising dollars go. It's not going to happen though. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. I, 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 I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, look, I, I hope that there is meaningful change here, um, but the average person, the sort of non-inside baseball person, first of all, has no idea, right, that this is even going on um, and doesn't really care, right? You know, I mean, you know, of course, if you, it's one of those things like privacy, Right. You know, if you ask them, they'll say, oh, I care deeply about that. But they don't really because they don't really stop using the platform or don't really alter their behavior uh, in any way. Um, So we as consumers, we as an audience of Facebook aren't really, you know, there's not a lot of sort of, you know, pitchforks and torches flying through the air sort of saying, you know, yay, let's go. This is basically an inside community of advertisers that are being mobilized by other groups that are saying yes we agree Um, and so we'll as you say pause our ad spend here and so Zuckerberg is making a bet um, that he can wait it out you know he can basically wait out all this stuff and and ultimately things will sort of Go back to normal. You know, he can sort of make some minimal consolations and, uh, uh, and and basically say, "Hey, listen, we're doing this. I'm forming a task force. I'm doing this kind of thing. I'm doing that kind of thing." None of it really meaningful change, and then just wait it out. And I think that's his. You know, I think that's his strategy. Is oh, why should it be?
0: That it, you're yeah,
1: be, exactly. Look, I mean, the, the ad. So we'll link to the ad contrarian
0: post. It basically goes through years and years of all the. Th- things that Facebook has done wrong or gotten in trouble for. And Zuckerberg has waited it out with minimal change every time. And you know what? It's worked every time. So this is a great, it's a great strategy because it, yeah. it absolutely will work. It's working. It'll work again. Just sort of wait a little bit, wait a few more weeks, maybe a couple months at worst. There, there's going to be some other news, especially when the election comes around again who knows what Facebook's going to have, have their involvement there for that. Um, I think it'll go away and we'll talk, we'll be talking about something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so the, the two things that I'm, I mean, I couldn't as a marketing guy, the two things that I couldn't help, but sort of uh, ask, and I'm actually trying to find someone who can give me the answer of this, which is one. I wonder if the sales guys at Facebook, you know, the sales people, are getting sort of a, you know, are they getting any sort of, you know, leeway on their quota, Mm -hmm. right? You know, on how much they're supposed to close, right? Or are they still being held to their original quotas? It's such a silly thing, but I I really wonder, right? Are they punishing their employees for this? The second thing I wonder is what a lot of people don't know Is that the biggest ad spenders, you know, your P&Gs, the Unilevers, the people who, you know, really spend a lot of money, political campaigns um, that spend a lot of money with Facebook, um, they get employees embedded in with their teams, right? So they get Facebook employees. I wonder if those people are still there, right? So for some of these larger organizations that have huge ad spends, I wonder if those Facebook employees are still employed by those people well, that's and Facebook still making money off of them, and and or are they are they out of work? Right. That's such a great point. We talked about this
0: what on I don't know a month ago, where the Trump campaign in 2016 had a number of Facebook employees embedded in their campaign, and the Clinton that's campaign right. uh, decided not to do that. And uh, guess who won? Yeah. I mean, if you want to know how influential Facebook was in that campaign, you know that's just
1: another. Point. Yeah, it's a data it's point. It's another data it's for point. for sure a data yeah. point. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of people don't know the big advertisers do the same thing. You know, I've, I've had plenty of clients where, you know, they'll point to a little corner and they'll go, oh, that's where all the Facebook people are, right? You know, so they have Facebook employees that are embedded into their teams to help them, you know, optimize their spend and, and actually work and do that thing. And so Facebook has sort of a little employment agency, if you will, that actually puts those people on site. And it'd be fascinating to know, actually, if they're if they're still if they're still doing stuff. Well, and
0: I think in this case, just you know, if you, I guess if you're a marketing person trying to figure out what to do on Facebook here, this is I don't think the government, at least our current government, is not going to do anything about Facebook. If, if Facebook is going to change, it's going to have to come from the ad, <laughs> yeah. the ad industry itself. Yeah, it's going to have to come from yeah. marketers. That so, like, if you're worried about okay, well, am I going to lose my minimal audience uh, even though nobody's going to see my organic posts on Facebook? Are you concerned about that? You probably shouldn't be because nothing's really going to happen um, if, yeah. if Facebook is yeah. part of your strategy.
1: That's exactly right, sadly. So, you know, it'll be it'll be an interesting thing to watch. Um, you know, I can remain hopeful that they'll do something meaningful, but I think I'm in agreement with the ad contrarian who – believes that whatever it is will be minimal at best. And that actually segues nicely into our next portion of the show, which, of course, is our articles where you and I have picked throughout the week a few articles we want to talk about. And the first one is, well, maybe something that the government is Mm going to do something about here. Um, This uh, comes to us courtesy of actually CBS News, Um, Which uh, the headline, although there are a number of organizations covering this, obviously, um, the headline is U.S. looking at banning TikTok uh, and other Chinese social media apps, says Mike Pompeo. And that is a headline I thought I would never read out (laughs) loud. I have to be completely honest with you. Putting Mike Pompeo and TikTok in the same sentence just feels. You know, you know, he's on. You know, he has no idea what TikTok is
0: you know oh, okay. like, I absolutely he's, he's like okay is TikTok is that one word is it two words and how do you how do you right. do the TikTok right. do you, is it like a watch yeah do is you it like a clock do
1: I buy it at a retail mm. outlet or you know Yeah, exactly he <laughs> right. doesn't know exactly. can I get it at Target um Yeah. So the article opens up by saying Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, said late Monday that the U.S. is looking at banning TikTok and other Chinese social media apps over national security concerns. His remarks come as India has banned the app and Australia is considering it in an interview with Fox News Channel's Laura Ingram. Another sentence that just makes, skeeves me out. Um, Pompeo said, we're certainly looking at it when it comes to banning TikTok and other Chinese apps. With respect to Chinese apps on people's cell phones, I can assure you the United States will get this one right too, Laura, he said. I don't want to get out in front of the president, that's Donald Trump, but it's something we're looking at. So what do you, I mean, what do you think? Are you, A, are you a TikTok user? And B, What are you? do you think this is the right move or... What do you think? Well, I've, I've,
0: I've, of course, I'm a marketing person, so I must have been on TikTok at least once. And yes, I've been on it once, just to see. <laughs> just to see. I have it downloaded, and I've been on it one time, and my son is on it a bit uh, and can spend forever on it if we let him. Um, I guess here's what it, what it comes down to, and this is why you have to be careful as a marketer and if you're building your channels uh, TikTok is one of the channels you're trying to build an audience. We are going into, I guess you could say we've been in a cold war with China for some time, although people may not admit to that. Uh, We're definitely going into some kind of a financial war with China. You're going to see this back and forth for a long time, I think, where they are not going to want to have American companies um, have access to the Chinese people and – the same thing's going on right now, especially if, if you believe this article where, um, you know, I, I guess if you look at the privacy statements of TikTok, they, the, China, who owns TikTok, can do whatever they want with this data. Um, even though there's an American subsidiary of TikTok that says they won't share American data outside of America. Uh, long story short, they can do whatever they want with it, and uh, I would... I, I would not bet, ag- I guess I wouldn't bet against it being banned. I could definitely see it happen, especially when, you know, I know you've seen this. Some of, Many of our friends have gotten on Facebook and have been very vocal about, yes, TikTok needs to go. But I'm just interested in to see what kind of protests happen from the Gen Z millennials of the world that start taking to the streets saying, you've taken away my TikTok. Uh, (laughs) It is the fastest car. It's the fastest. You've taken my TikTok away. I mean, seriously. Seriously. I know a ton, a ton of kids that are on this a lot, which should scare some people, but it's the truth. And boy, I mean, how many, how, how many, I think there was what, 58? I don't know. What's, what are the stats? How many, do you know how many in the United States have it downloaded? It's a lot. One. Yeah. One billion times worldwide. Uh, I think I
1: saw fifty fifty-eight million in the United 2 States. Two billion downloads total. Two billion total. Two billion total as of April, the end of April, twenty twenty. Okay. It uh, it says that yeah, you've got two billion um, global, which is a lot. A, lo- <laughs> that,
0: a lot. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, Yeah, so that's so I don't know what what is so why should why should marketers care, Robert? Should should we care?
1: Well, I think you know, yeah, I think yeah, you have to um, because look, TikTok is the poster child for this right now, but there are other Chinese um, and quite frankly other countries, um, you know, developing technologies that we're using on a day to day basis. You know that may or may not have ties back to that country's government, and China certainly is the most prominent of those because they sort of don't make a secret about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, you've got companies. You know, it's the cell phone company Huawei is is you know having big issues right now um with whether or not they can deploy their networks and phones here in the US and that's way more concerning you know the actual phones and hardware being you know spread throughout the 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 US rather than sort of something like TikTok I mean you talk about information um and the value of information I mean if you think about the the entirety of the you know the the user base of TikTok and sort of you know, you think about the the information that can be available to the developers. It's like, all right, you know, with some, you know, w- we can actually see the information that's going back and forth, but the content itself is not going to be terribly. Let's let's just be honest. The content itself is not going to be terribly uh, meaningful um, for national security. Um, you know, no nobody's n- nobody's worried too much about you know my kid you know lip syncing drake as <laughs> a national security issue but, maybe but it's about what the, they have access to but, but maybe to, right? that's
0: the perfect place to share government secrets is in yeah. is on 15 <laughs> second clips of drake i think that's it i mean uh, if you were going to hide a secret message you would definitely that's you true. would definitely consider a drake song to, to be or maybe maybe yeah. usher i don't know maybe,
1: maybe. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it it might be. Anyway, the whole point is of it being. I think that you know you're you're going to see. You know, I what one of the things that we talked a little bit about last episode that I think is is helpful in this um, are the new security measures being put in place by companies like Apple, where you can actually see which apps are. And what they're sharing, and, and what big data deal. they're sharing, yeah, that's a big deal. it's a huge deal. Um, so, in the new operating system of iOS, you're going to be able to actually track which apps are looking at, you know, using your camera, using your microphone, using your, um, you know, data, um, looking at your clipboard. All those things will be available to you now. Whether anybody will care or not is a different you know, is a different story, but, but I think that will help, um, in this because ultimately you, you can stop TikTok, but you're not going to stop it all. You're, you're not, you can't stop all of this because it's just, you know, I mean, there was the same kind of, you know, there, there's the same kind of concern, you know, and we even talked about it, you know, speaking of sort of going back to old shows, I, I want to say five or six years ago when we noted that Chinese investors were coming in and buying up many of the movie studios here in Los mm-hmm. Angeles and you know and how much of Hollywood Chinese investors actually now own and how much influence they're going to have on the content being created in Hollywood you know that that brought up some similar red flags and so you know it i think we're not going to stop all of this and at some at some level we you know there I, i'm i'm i guess i'm glad there's some concern and some looking at it but i'm not, i'm not sure exactly what you know what are you gonna do right i mean wh- wh- are you gonna ban tiktok maybe i guess I, I you know fine by me i don't care but you know i like to your point i think a lot of kids will and <laughs> i don't i don't think there will be a lot of in the street protests around the, the tiktok oh ban, no though.
0: you're sh- don't downplay this this is going <laughs> this is going to get it's going to get huge did the, uh it was you will you will be able to feel the rumblings in your house when they make this because there's going to the streets are going to be full of kids they're
1: going to be like this you can't do you can't take away my my tiktok <laughs> I that i bought so. at target
0: i don't think can't so hold.
1: i i would i would but i'd put money on that i would put i would put money on lots of angsty facebook posts about this but i would not put money on people taking to the streets for okay, this okay well uh,
0: let's just let's say that this happens yeah. Buy Snap stock. That's
1: what you should do. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Because there you go. Because most of most of that age group is on they're on TikTok and Snapchat. So yeah, and they're they're looking yeah. at, at Reddit. So there you go.
1: Yeah, well there you go. Yeah, lots of angsty Reddit un- posts and lots of angsty the union. Facebook posts. That's a, actually there the next is.
0: state of the union should be a Reddit thread. Um, and then you could also have it, uh, you know, replayed on dis- a Discord channel.
1: Uh, you know it can't be any worse than it is now, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like it's could be better, oh boy, could be better. yeah, the yes. level of discourse has become literally a reddit ask me anything thread that's 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 a good metaphor for where the discourse of political discussion is today. It's a reddit thread, yeah. All right, let's move on to our next story, and it is a fun one here, uh, and it also comes courtesy. We're, we're just picking up all the mainstream media this week. Um, it comes to us courtesy of the New York Times, although, again, a number of organizations are covering this, um, and this fits right into our content marketing fun and games, which is the big uh, athleisure company, Lululemon, uh, has agreed to buy Mirror a fitness media startup company for $500 million. As the article opens up, it says, The Athleisure's company's first acquisition is a bet on the future of fitness and a way to further tie themselves into the lives of its customers. The purveyor of expensive athleisure and active is betting on the future of personalized remote exercise as a way to reach customers by acquiring Mirror, a home fitness startup that sells a 1495 wall mounted machine for streaming workout classes, uh, a media company that has a bit of a product with it as well. Big hat tip, by the way, here. Um, uh, to James Gardner, who sent this over via the email address, and we're happy for that. Thank you very much, my friend James. Uh, this is a wonderful story. So what say you, Mr. Polizzi? This is this is a good move. You like it? Well,
0: first of all, is athleisure a real word,
1: or is that it a is, word? It is. It is. No. You did you go to
0: Webster's Yeah, I saw it. Well,
1: that. Here, that, you, know, you saw this week that uh, Webster, or Merriam-Webster, uh, the dictionary basically added irregardless as a real word now. And that really happened. Yeah, it really happened. Well, irregardless of that, um, yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: the athleisure company, the, ath- the athleisure company,
0: which I was Lululemon to me, uh, it'll always be Lululemon. <laughs> uh, I is when I saw this come by, it it seemed just like they were buying a, a magazine or a email newsletter or a database. Where you could do it for multiple reasons. So it could be just a, a they created a content, they bought a content distribution outlet, which is tremendous. And all the content that goes on that, you can cross sell, upsell. Um, you could use it as just a trust uh, and loyalty avenue where you could try to have say, okay, these are going to be our best customers. You could use it for research and development. I don't, I guess that's what we don't know, right? We don't know they talk in the, the New York Times article that we'll link in the show notes of a lot of different possibilities of cross-selling and content partnerships and things. But honestly, I we don't know for sure what they're going to use, but this, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's just another MA deal in the content space, but I don't think a lot of people think about that because it's such a new content area, which is the state, you know, it's a, it's a, what, what would you call it? It's a, upright television that really focuses on
1: ath- leisure content
0: <laughs> is that is that kind of yeah. what it is <laughs> well
1: that you know i mean basically they bought a you know they bought a tech company right they bought a tech company that makes a a cool little tech device that you hang on your wall and then you know and they've you know they've got some level of content that that goes with it so you know i'm not sure it's really a content or a media company as not? much as it is, how is sort of a how is it not the, the the that the difference is is that
0: you have to they have customized content for that platform. They have to. It's not like you can buy an Apple iPhone and you can get content from a thousand different places. You buy right. this, this it's, is your you buy this as your distribu this is the way you're going to get the content and you get it through one company. Well or and the, and the would, deals and the content well, deals that they do to allow that content on their platform. How is that not a big yes. company?
1: Well, they, they are, but we could have a fun debate about whether or not if they had been, you know, if they had looked at sort of going out and staying on their own, whether or not they would have stopped content production and basically leaned on others to provide the, the, the content. Now,
0: but what does that matter? But that may, doesn't they, matter. You could still be a media company, okay? Look at New York Times. New York Times, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. has a paid, yeah, I, I,
1: paid well, yeah. but they, but they create their own content. They, they, they create their own. Look, I think it's more the apropos metaphor would be like a movie chain, a movie theater chain, right? Or a, you know, or a device, a television company, Samsung, right? It's they're, they're, they're like they, they make a TV, and in you know, in very much like you know, if you look, if we go back to history you know, the original television manufacturers were also the production companies, right? So you had RCA and GE that created original content because nobody else knew how to create content for their weird new device called the television. This is a similar thing, right? Where you've got a a, a technology company that's made a device that nobody knows how to make content for yet. So they have to make content. Now, they may or I don't know enough about the company's strategy to know whether or not they were deciding to say, Hey, this is a good business for us to be in the content business. And this is just like an iPhone. And we're really a content company that happens to sell a device. Or if they thought, Oh no, we're a tech company and we're actually going to kill. As soon as we have enough people that can develop on our platform, basically develop content on our platform, we're just going to sell devices that, you know, as created by an ecosystem, like a television company. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think to 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 support your argument, the the acquisition by Lululemon tells me that they're going to lean hard into their own content production, right? Because what they're going to want is control over that, so that all of the fitness instructors are wearing Lululemon That's outfits, right. and you and know, you get and all Lululemon of that. Lululemon so, discounts on exactly. Yeah. So now they kind of have to make it exclusive, right? But before they didn't; they could have made it just an open platform that you know, sold mirrors basically. And, 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 you know, you know, and, and I mean, we, you know, I mean, you and I, if you and I were running mirror, we would have totally leaned into to the content strategy, but they might not have.
0: Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, you, you could make the case either way. It's just funny how, if you just looked at the business model and you took away the fact that it's a, this mirror technology and you just say, Oh wait, they put out the con- they put out content on a regular basis and the people pay $39 a month for that content it looks like Which any is other expensive, media company by
1: the way it's so expensive i mean i mean that is a lot of money that's 40 bucks a month for online i mean is it, that's is, a lot is, 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 it, <laughs> is it is it no it's 39 it's not 40
0: i'm just, yeah, sorry I was just right. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is 40 <laughs> it's almost $40 I can't believe it. That's almost five hundred dollars a year.
1: Right. I mean it's it's great business, but that's a lot of money for
0: I wonder what they you know how many people drop off every year. I know it's a new company, but
1: yeah. Yeah. It seems
0: although, you know, people do pay a lot for fitness for sure. But yeah. Yeah. Everything else. So and your Netflix.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, anyway. We we get off on a rant here, but but yeah, it's 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 a anyway a fascinating acquisition uh, in in the space for uh, for sure. Oh,
0: but I guess the, the um, final comment would be, Lululemons again, their stock has just soared in this environment. You wouldn't think so because they're a retail outlet, but not this. They have more than enough money to make a mistake on a deal like this. Oh, so yeah. Just well, because a lot the of funny people thing are is, saying, is, is oh, I can't believe they spent this much for this. And they're only it's only one hundred million dollar a year company. And they spent five times revenue or whatever. Oh, yeah.
1: the, the actually the the New York. Yeah. The New York Times article actually covers this. It, it's way buried at the bottom of the story. But it basically says that, um, you know, they, they 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 went they go through a little bit of Lululemon's financials and they and they say they've got a they had a four hundred million dollar line of credit. They ostensibly bought this on a credit card. You know, yeah, they basically just they just went out and put 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 mirror on their four hundred million dollar line of credit and said, yeah, good, we'll buy it. You know, if not, eh, we'll pay it off over thirty years. Did or they whatever, use PPP right? money? I'm just curious. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh no! Oh, oh, oh dear! I bet they did. Oh, I bet they. Sh- oh, I'm not. Oh, I don't know
0: anything about it. I'm just,
1: you know, you I don't that. want rumors <laughs> don't to get started. People are saying
0: people, but I've heard people like me say,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. All right. Let's quickly move to the last story that we're going to cover here, which of course, uh, is one that's near and dear to your heart uh, because it covers email. Of course, Um, this comes to us courtesy of Digiday and the headline is how a substack has spawned a new class of newsletter entrepreneurs. Uh, The article opens up by saying, Alicia Kennedy is like many writers these days. A few months ago, the magazine for which she regularly freelanced cut its budget. Kennedy, a food and beverage writer in San Juan, Puerto Rico, was at an inflection point in her career. Shifting away from typical food and recipe fare, she started uh, getting increasingly interested in writing analysis about culture and food media, so she started a newsletter through Substack that focused on that niche. When she accidentally enabled payments in the platform's back end, uh-huh, sure, that happened, um, her digital tip jar started to fill up. Now Kennedy has written about Netflix's Ugly Delicious and food media controversies surrounding Alice. And Roman and Bon Appetit's Test Kitchen. She's got more than 3,000 subscribers to her newsletter, more than 400 who pay 5 bucks a month or $30 a year uh, for the bonus Friday QA. That income means that Substack now functions as Kennedy's anchor gig, freelance parlance for the recurring job that ensures you can pay the bills. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, Anyway, what do you think about this Mr. Polizia about the rise of Substack and the this economy? Well,
0: first of all, I in the last month, the number of Substack e-newsletters, it's it's almost like a bubble, you would think. It's yeah. grown so fast.
1: It's the new podcasting for sure.
0: It's it's been really interesting to see this happen. Um, and actually the article makes reference to sort of what we saw in the early 2000s with blogs and all and the writers and content creators creating their own blogs. This is the difference though. Now, can these can these writers support themselves on some of this? I guess it depends if they get their subscriber numbers, but up enough, but the difference is is you had a lot of content creators in the early 2000s and mid and late 2000s create these amazing platforms, build awesome audiences and not know how to monetize. What this does is immediately enables these people to monetize through a fairly easy platform to do it. And the second reason why this is different is because people are actually willing to pay for content today, which maybe five years ago we didn't think was possible. And now it is possible because, you know, of, of course, we're going to see, hopefully, someday, see some consolidation. But right now you have people paying five, six, seven, ten companies directly for their content, let alone right. $40 That's for right. a mirror. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> right. I, i It's going to be interesting to see if this continues to grow. I think the idea of building an audience, um, a very niche audience, is something that's never going to die. Is Substack the answer? Maybe for some of these people, uh, is there going to be too many quality? I mean, we we had a shortage of really quality e newsletters for a long, long time. Now we're, there's some really good ones out there right now.
1: So yeah, there are some at, great. At ones. what
0: point do you see? And I think you're already starting to see it. Uh, you, some of these people that are talking about similar topics can join together and build
1: many media companies. So, which has already happened. Well, that's an interesting idea. I mean, that's. I mean, that's sort of that's a. Did when did we talk about that in one episode where we talked about the the idea of a bunch of freelancers coming together and building a. Uh, oh no! You know what we talked about? We talked about brands coming together. Yeah, consortium. Yeah, that.
0: the exact. Yeah, that same, consortium same, of creating and
1: and or acquiring somebody. That but this works too. I think it's a great. It's a it's a it's a great idea of you, you know you get a consortium of these freelancers together to sort of build their own little media conglomerate.
0: And it so that's. The entrepreneur in me is very excited about this concept. Yeah. Where you could say, hey, look, let's say even in marketing, you say, oh, I know about sales enablement and oh, I know about the tech stack and whatever. It's like, oh, well, we can put our own little mini media company together, use Substack. They only take 10%, and you're done in essence yeah. with stage 1 yeah. of your media company. <laughs> well, you're done. Profit.
1: <laughs> hey, you're done. The money just comes in it's soon. I mean what about that whole building so an audience easy. thing? You're easy. done. Well, everybody knows how <laughs> easy
0: it is to build a media company. I mean, come on. Of course it's yeah. so simple. So. <laughs> Anyways, it's going to be interesting to see this, but yeah, I did I thought the same thing as you where ooh, it's a little bit bubbly here. Everybody and their brother and sister seems to be starting a Substack.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it'll be interesting to see if the bubble continues to expand for a while, Um, you know, a little bit like podcasting has. But um, I think you're right. I mean, one thing that, you know, we've again, not to continue to bring up the fact that we've talked about this before, but one of the entrepreneurial ideas that we talked about. Um, a while back was some sort of service that aggregates all these subscriptions together, you know, because right now I have I couldn't tell you the number of little things that I'm subscribed to that I pay five bucks, 10 bucks, you know, whatever a month to sort of in micro transactions, you know, I try and put them all on one credit card, but. Man, I, you know, it's just that list all of a sudden, you know, over the course of six months or a year gets meaningful, right? Where you're all of a sudden, you know, you're at 100 or 120 bucks a month for just random stuff that you don't read anymore. You don't look at anymore. Um, And uh, it's uh, it's it's it'll be an interesting thing to see if there's a way to start to aggregate all that together. So you can go, ah, I want to, you know, unsubscribe or come back to this or whatever.
0: Uh, There's got to be something out there that does that. You would. Think.
1: Well, Apple's starting to. Apple has a thing now where in your phone, which I think is really interesting, is if you subscribe to something like the apps, you know, like I have, you know, my my um, uh, you know my fitness tracker that tracks my 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 walking and bike riding, um, and I pay a little bit of thing per month for that, for, you know, giving me some advanced statistics and all of that. So I have this list now of all the things that I've subscribed to from the app store that I can go in quickly and cancel. And that includes things like Harvard Business Review and, you know, and and some magazines yeah. and stuff like that. But, but, and that makes it really simple, but I haven't seen anything that sort of aggregates all the separate stuff to you. I mean, there's some, I mean, I know there's some apps out there that will look at your, your bills and actually, you know, give you a list of all those things by subscriptions and, you know, that do those things. And I've, I've seen those apps out there, but I haven't seen anything that just focuses in on all the things you're subscribed to.
0: Well, it might be time to cancel that mirror subscription.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, well, speaking of, 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 of wonderful things that we don't want to cancel, we have a, a wonderful sponsor we should talk about. Absolutely.
0: August 10th through 12th this year. We have the Content Tech Summit. <laughs> I'm, glad it's, I'm glad it's this year. Of, yeah, it's a, <laughs> of 2022. Get it, get your head start. Get your two-year head start. No, it's this year, folks. August of 2020, Content Tech Summit. Uh, what I love about this event is if you are an enterprise marketer, you have some complex content issues, uh, some technology issues, integration issues. This is the event. was made perfectly for you, contenttechsummit.com. You can get $100 off the three-day event, extravaganza, if you will, if you put in the coupon code of PNR. That's N as in Nancy. P- <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Oh my PNR. God. PNR. Why, why is it always Nancy? Why can't it be something else? Like Norbert. I- I don't know <laughs> PNR 100 and you can save a hundred dollars off and just go to content and type and click on the speakers and the agenda list speakers are first rate all the way some of the smartest people on the planet including Mr. Robert Rose of course is going to be speaking again and you have some special things planned for this the agenda is off the hook make sure that you check it out August 10th through 12th 2020 and use PNR 100 for your hundred dollar discount and a hundred dollars can actually buy you two and a half months of a mirror subscription. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you
1: go. And so you're already Absolutely. saving.
0: You're already, saving. you're already you're saving. Already saved. You're, you've already won.
1: you are all, yeah, you've already won. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that gets us to our empirically proven favorite part of the show for you folks. And that is, of course, our rants and rave section, where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave that makes us feel like, oh, like, you know, sports are coming back or like, you know, we're still stuck at home. Um all right, so uh, let's say I have a Quibi update, of course, uh, as we always do on the show these days, But and then I also have a quick uh, rave. Um, go, you want to go no, first, go, or shall go I right go first? Go right ahead. I'm, All right. I think people have been, been anticipating your Quibi update I, for 44 days. Yeah. There was a lot of Quibi updates that we could have chosen from this week. Um, but I am actually choosing from one that was sent over very kindly, by the way, from listener Martin Pilka, uh, who is at Martin Pilka on Twitter through the hashtag. So thank you, Martin, for that. Um, this comes from The Verge. And this is the news that we've been sort of waiting for, quite frankly, is what would happen after the you know trial period was over. Uh, and The Verge is reporting anyway. That Quibi has reportedly lost 90% of early users oh, after the free trials geez, no, expired. No, uh, yeah. say it
0: ain't so, <laughs> Nancy. Say it ain't so.
1: Maybe unsurprisingly, perhaps, this is just out, by the way, um, and it says streaming service Quibi only managed to convert a little under 10% of its early wave of users into paying subscribers, says mobile analytics firm Sensor Tower. According to the firm's new report on Quibi's early growth, the short-form video platform signed up about 910,000 users in its first few days back in April. Of those users, only about 72,000 stuck around after the three-month free trial, indicating the app had about an 8% conversion rate. That's actually not too bad. Yeah. But... Compared to the streaming video industry, most successful debut of the last few years, Disney+, and the resulting picture is pretty grim um, for Quibi that has struggled to find both a hit among its mobile-centric shows and gain traction with its desired younger TikTok-loving demographic, and we know them very well now. Um, despite the surge in screen time during the COVID-19 pandemic, according to Sensor Tower, Disney managed to convert 11% of its early free trial users, but that was out of a whopping 9.5 million people the firm estimates signed up for Disney+. Plus. By the way, Disney Plus has seen record, record new uh, subscribers based on the Hamilton... Um, launch and all of that so it continues now and it's it's on and track i think at 30, 30 something million users now and by the way users, they and they got you know, what's
0: really interesting about their move from a subscription standpoint is they stopped the free trial altogether so they yeah. they're like you're you're either all or nothing and you're seeing yeah, you're more, in you're yeah. seeing more and more content companies get away from the free trial and just say just sign up Cancel cancel anytime but just sign up
1: yep so, that's exactly right yep. Yeah, so, you know, by, and the Quibi spokesperson, of course, says the number of paid subscribers is incorrect by an order of magnitude. To date, over 5.6 million people have downloaded the Quibi app, says them, their conversion from download to trial is above the mobile app benchmarks. And we're seeing excellent conversion to paid subscribers, both among our 90 day free trial signups from April, as well as our 14, fi- blah, 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 blah. So, you know, we'll see. I think we'll see. I mean, the headline is very. Um, inflammatory let's call it let's call it that but you know that's not surprising coming from the verge um but it's uh uh you know i think we'll see if they can stick around they are certainly not going to stick around only converting eight percent and and getting as few people to download it as they have um uh, you know even the free trial so yeah i think they're you know they got a long way to go it's going to be a pivot
0: got to be some kind of major pivot or somebody's going to say before we lose any more billions of dollars let's just close shop Yep. And we'll sell yep. off the content rights and call it a day.
1: Exactly. So, but yeah, but, exactly. but we, I think, we talked about I think this you're see them. Yep. I, I think you're going to see them pivot to long-form content pretty, pretty quickly here and try and become a proper streaming service of all kinds. I think the whole mobile thing, short, snackable things is going to go the way of the dodo. Yeah. All right. That's our Quibi update. And so quickly, quick, 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 quick rave here. Um, this, by, by the way, quick hat tip to Bethany Johnson, uh, wonderful friend and family of the show, of course, for a long time at Thany, Bethany B. Um, of course, the that's the famous Thou Who Shall Not Be Named on Twitter, because uh, we can never get that name correct. Um, uh, but the basically the headline here is Project M acquires punk rock satire site The Hard Times. Um this is another content acquisition that we've seen recently. Uh Matt Saincombe, the article starts, knows that compared to many of the startup acquisitions that we write about on TechCrunch, selling a website for a little over a million bucks, mostly cash with a little stock, isn't a huge deal. But in the world of punk comedy media, ooh boy, he said. Saincom is happy to poke fun at himself. He is the co-founder and CEO of a satirical punk news website after all. But he also sounded genuinely proud of what he's built with the hard times. Um, and he never raised outside funding. And while there may have been an acquisition offers in the past, he was always afraid they might threaten the site's voice. I always had been the financial backstop, Saincom told uh, the reporter. So he's happy. Uh, and basically the acquiring company is Project M, a digital media and e-commerce company founded in 2016 that also acquired Revolver and Inked Magazine. So here's an e-commerce product company sort of acquiring a group of digital media companies. And you can guess what they're going to do with it, you know, selling Metallica T-shirts and all that sort of thing. So just a wonderful, I think, another data point in our acquisition also showing that you don't have to be huge to make this happen, right? Media companies like Hard Times are out there and they're available for you know a million bucks. I mean, which is not a lot of money when you start talking about it.
0: And well, and some of those deals out there are, are high. You know, you could get some for two, two, for five figures for you know the yeah. six figures. It's it really is yeah. amazing that there's more that don't think about these opportunities, which is why you need to start thinking about these opportunities. If there's something available, right. you should. I always say buy before you build. Heck of a lot easier. There it is. Especially if you there can, you know, is. if you can get mere
1: Lululemon money. That's exactly what we <laughs> you want. Get that four hundred million dollars of PPP money. I think that's that should
0: be a goal of everyone's. Like if they have a wealth goal, it's like number one: get Lululemon money. I mean, get that, Lululemon money because everyone wants that. My, um, I have a go. quick, quick rave. Uh, have you? Have you watched the uh, the show Must Go On, the Queen plus Adam Lambert story on Netflix, my friend? I have. I have and enjoyed it very, very much. I thought it was interesting, uh, but let's talk about it from a marketing standpoint. So anyways, it's, I don't know, about an hour and 20 minutes long or something, and it talks about the evolution of, of Queen with Freddie Mercury to Queen sort of finding Adam Lambert. But what I thought was interesting is there's two big ideas when it comes to to audience building in this one is how do you build an audience and two is how do you keep an audience and the one from the building uh taylor hawkins from foo fighters is in this quite a bit and he talks a lot about how queen always went for a home run every time with their songs and i was like well what you know what does that really mean and when you think about it queen only produced 84 songs over their entire career so you think about that 84 songs, about 20 of them were top 10 UK hits. So basically a quarter of the time they had a major hit, which is unbelievable, which just doesn't happen, which is why you can make the case that Queen could be the greatest rock and roll band of all time, let alone just the influences that they have. But you could also make the case that they're the greatest because they still have these raving fans all over the world. And that's what I was really interested in, Robert, where they talked about in the show how did Queen keep their audience? And there's actually specific discussion in the documentary about what, you know, building an audience is one thing, but how does Queen, after Freddie Mercury passes away, how do they keep their audience? to so now, 30 years later, they're still selling out, well, at least before all this stuff went down, selling out you know the biggest auditoriums and, uh, and concert halls around. So just a couple things that they did. Early on, Queen was huge in content syndication. So you heard many of their songs on, you know, they had the Night's Tale with Heath Ledger. You had, um, of course, you could you can't f- uh, forget the Wayne's World scene of Bohemian Rhapsody. So that was huge. I mean that that's what Bohemian Rhapsody. After that became another number one after it was re released. If you look at some of their partnerships, they had, you know, they had the largest rock star benefit concert ever, uh, which they did for the Freddie Mercury. Uh, tribute concert. Uh, They've partnered with American Idol, which, by the way, when they did that with American Idol, that's how they found Adam Lambert, who is now the lead singer, uh, when they go touring. Uh, They've done video game releases. They've done special syndication deals on um, Guitar Hero. They had, of course, their own musical, We Will Rock You. Uh, Of course, they just seems like it all culminated in the bohemian rhapsody movie release in 2018 which was a huge box office hit so it's just interesting that queen followed the model of okay first we're going to do one thing really well we're going to put out amazing songs and we're going to tour that's really how they build their audience and then once they had the the ground um the groundwork done Then they said, okay, now we're going to expand and diversify into other areas, which is exactly what great media companies have done forever. So I just would recommend, if you get a chance, watch the documentary, and uh, you'll actually learn a little bit about marketing and publishing. So there you go.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful as a lesson. I mean, they, you know, and the the other band, of course, that did this extraordinarily well was Kiss. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know. From a marketing machine, from a business machine, I mean, those bands... Grateful Dead. You know, the the Grateful Dead, you know, they, you know, Grateful Dead in a bit of a different way, for sure, you know, sort of Grateful Dead is sort of the open source software of, of music, but, um, you know, they, they, they all of those bands are sort of just tremendous, tremendous marketing and merchandising and multi-purpose uh, machines and it's yeah, it's a and it and it's a great by the way, it's a great it's a great documentary as well. It's just it's just really good. It's good, it's fun, and you get to listen, listen yeah. to the Queen music, which there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, which is always good, yeah. which is always good. All right, well, folks, that is it. Um, what are you doing this week, my friend? Are you, uh, are you what do you, what's going on with I, your life? I, you know, I, I am, uh,
0: I'm i I'm I seem to be working more these days, which is a little bit bothersome. I know most people are <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. No, I'm Shut up. No, just I'm shut up. I'm I've got the <laughs> I think I think you know this. You know, I got the new version of, of Content Inc. that I'm gonna be releasing next year. So I started working on that and getting some really good case studies and I'm doing the Content Inc. podcast twice a week and doing the newsletter thing and just trying to I'm just trying to give back Robert. Just like oh. Lululemon. Just there like is. that's all. <laughs> how, are, you are. how are you doing? What are you doing this week to keep? I mean, you probably have some beautiful weather out there. We're getting hit with really, really hot weather. No rain.
1: Well, oh. it's hot here, too. No, it's really hot. It's, it's, you know, it's July in Southern California, so it's hot for sure. So, um, you know, a lot of time spent um, or a little time, I should say, spent outside and some in the pool and all of that. So that's good. But, yeah, I'm I'm heads down with client work. Um, You know, we're working on a couple of big projects right now with clients, you know, content audits, strategies and that sort of thing. So, yeah, keeping busy and, of course, doing podcasts and content creating. And, and, you know, I'm at home, (laughs) literally. By the
0: way, I I would like to, for anybody that's still listening to this podcast, tell your friends because we still have people out there that don't know we're back on the air. And it's
1: been one year. Yeah, we're getting surprising notes like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you guys were back. Yeah, we've been back for a year now. So, We've been doing this for almost eight years, so. I know. Come it's, on people. It's kind it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um all right folks, well that is it for this particular episode. We're signing off and if you like this episode, episode number 240, that's right folks, 240 of these bad boys, subscribe or resubscribe or tell your friends to subscribe, go leave us a note, go a kind note. We all want want kind reviews. We need reviews. No, I mean yeah, just yeah, no, yeah, anybody go, listening
0: go, to this? We if we can't we cannot hit number 1 marketing podcast unless we get some fresh reviews
1: right so go get some reviews in there good reviews nice reviews don't leave anything mean i don't want to read it and so robert will send you a free mirror (laughs) no no here it is (laughs) <laughs> Some Lululemon. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, episode 2 40. Resubscribe yourself. Get yourself a shiny new subscription. We publish twice a month um, now, uh, basically every other week or every fortnight, as they say, across the pond. Um, and uh, if you want more of Joe Polizzi in the meantime, you can always get that at com, where you can go play tiny little violins for his workload these days. Um, <laughs> and you can get his amazing newsletter. Um, And as for me, if you're interested in what's going on in content strategy, content marketing, and all of that, it's contentadvisory.net. And, of course, folks, story ideas, hashtag us up, hashtag us at This Old Marketing. Everything we talked about, of course, will be in the show notes that we'll publish uh, and all the links and all of that. And until next time, everybody, remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you in a couple of weeks on This Old Marketing.